Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joe came in here during the break and said that it's tough to pick one loss in the history of the University of Pittsburgh that he would like to make not happen, given that there's so many losses that have happened over the course of the University of Pittsburgh's history, to which I respond, yeah, anytime West Virginia's been on the big stage, too, it's always kind of been like, so I know you're coming from Tim Benz, DK Sports Radio, joining me now on the Crowley Show. He was just Mark Madden for the last three hours. Well, he sat in Mark Madden's chair for the last three hours. Thanks for coming on upstairs, Tim. About a breath. From talking or from moving no, from up the running. stairs? Okay. Running that quickly. You didn't have to rush. We had a triple header in softball the other day, followed by a double header the next night, so I'm still a little fatigued here. I, I now I now understand the concept of the Clint Hurdle Sunday lineup in the days off. I was just about to say, if Clint Hurdle was your manager, you would not have played all five of those That's games. That's right. He would, have given, he would have put Chris Stewart in for me. I guess let's start I play there second then. base. I don't know if Chris can play second base, but I imagine he could probably hack it. Second base is my favorite of all the bases, Tim. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Sunday You've lineup. Have ever gotten beyond it? Only with my wife. Oh, oh, that's a very cautious yeah. answer right there. It's also full of crap, but okay, go ahead. Had to be measured. We can discuss this further over a couple of beers at Sharky's next week, Tim. Wait, uh, hold on. You asked me about my sex life the last time I was on. What did I ask you then? Well, it wasn't the last time I was on. You, you asked me when the last time I'd gotten any was. What was the answer? I'll let you know when it happens again. Something to that effect. <laughs> and where are we now? Let's move on. Okay, very good. <laughs> Max Moroff in the lineup today. He plays a good shortstop. Things are, things are fine. Thanks for asking. Yeah, things happy to hear it. All right. Max Moroff plays shortstop, and he plays it very well. Not a great hitter. Francisco Cervelli was 7 for 11 in this series. That's the one guy I could understand not being in the lineup today, given it's day game after a night game. He's but a that's catcher, nine, nine games in a row, of course. I, I don't think there's any debate over that. He played seven straight games at one point earlier this year. He's played seven games in a row now. I don't count it as nine. He would have played seven in a row had he played today. I wouldn't count it as nine because there's okay. the all-star break. So all right, all right. That's the one guy that I would have most liked to see in the lineup, but the guy that I most understand not being in the lineup. But this game is more important than any of the other games that they've played. You need to not have a guy like Max Moroff in there. I'm sorry. I understand you're supposed to have a full 25-man roster so you can use them all in these types of games, but phooey, put your best lineup out there, win that game, and then become buyers at the deadline. Well, I don't understand why Mercer didn't play. It worked out. It did. Because they ended up putting Frazier at second and then Harrison over at third, and he made a great play and got the uh, – tie-breaking hit for the Pirates. So uh, it worked out for him. And Stewart was great, too. Stewart had two hits and threw out a guy at second base. So the sun, they're so hot right now, Adam, that the Sunday lineup even works when it's not Sunday. That's how things are breaking for them. Um, I wasn't as galled by it as I have been at other times, to be frank with you. Even though I, I get what you're saying. The game meant more. Mercer, just I didn't understand Mercer. I, I get putting Harrison over at third if you wanted to give sure. Freeze a day off. 
I certainly get Stewart behind home plate. Uh, maybe it's because Max Moroff has finally become the latter-day Kelly Leak. I don't know. But uh, I could have stood to see Jordy Mercer go day game after a night game. It all worked out. Now the Pirates are three games back at the Brewers, and they're two games back at the team that really matters. Let's face it. The Cubs are going to either win this division or it's going to be the Pirates or the Cardinals. I don't believe in the Brewers. I think they're going to fall off. Just watching them this series, they strike out far too often, and not one of those pitchers that they throw out there really scares you. Garrett's fine, but beyond that, I'm not terrified with any of the guys that they put out there. So the Pirates are in a position now where they can win a division, which makes it different than last year. Let's say they're three games back. But if the Cubs are going to get as hot as you're suggesting that they are, and I tend to agree with you, they've scored eight runs in four of their six wins since the All-Star break and have failed to allow more than three in any one of those games. So they're playing well well beyond what the box score suggests. Um, If they're going to be that good and you think they're turning it on, are the Pirates really going to catch them? I think they can if they add. I still am not a huge believer in the Cubs' rotation. The names are good. But the performances of the starters hasn't been. I like Quintana. He was great the first time out. He's going to continue to be good, a guy that you and I are high on. I think if the Pirates add one more starter, they've got four good starters, and then we're talking about a team that's competitive every day they go out there. Okay, a couple things on this. First of all, what I'm a believer in, beyond Quintana from the Cubs' point of view, what I'm a believer in from Pittsburgh's point of view is the schedule. When they get beyond these three games against Colorado, have you seen the Huss that they're playing against. It's San Diego and San Francisco, Toronto, Detroit, and there's some other horrific team in there somewhere too that's just god-awful. But, I mean, that's their next five or six series. They play San Diego twice. These are awful baseball teams. All winnable. Cincinnati. They've got a a series against Cincinnati in there too. There's nothing but last-place teams. So they can make us some ground there. Um, That's what I believe in. As far as the acquisitions, the deadline, or what they should, should be in position to get, I say you can now make a, an actual baseball trade. It's not a cost dump trade. It's a baseball trade that you can make for a David Freeze. If somebody needs an infielder, a right-handed bat off the bench, you can get a fifth starter or a bullpen arm from said club for David Freeze. There, there are baseball trades to be made that don't have to be about dollars and cents right now. For the Pirates. I agree with that. I also think it's different than last year. And because of that, maybe things can be different than this, uh, be different this year. When you're three games back in the wild card race, it's a lot different than being three games back in the division race or two games back uh, of the Chicago Cubs in, in the division race. Because of that, I'd like to see them try to not subtract from their major league roster. Okay, so let me ask you this. From Neil Huntington's point of view, because of what Huntington said in part last year was, why work so hard to perhaps give away some of the future to attain somebody that might get you into the second position of the wild card race. Remember that that was part of the explanation, right? Well, this year it's potentially to win a bad division. So how hard do you work to then potentially play the Washington nationals in the first round? I probably get your doors blown off. You and I disagree on this. I look at major league baseball's playoffs a lot like the pirates do. Once you're in, it's a, a lot. Flip. I don't. I wouldn't go that far, but it's a lot more of a crapshoot than I think people realize. Baseball's built off of large sample sizes, 162 uh, games. Okay, I'll give you some of that. Yeah, it's, it's not the same thing as being the eight seed against the Golden State Warriors. 
It's be, not. It's not the, even the same thing as being no. the Dolphins coming to Heinz Field in the first round of the playoffs. Exactly right about not. that. And beyond that, who knows when the next chance that they're going to get to win a division is going to be? Because the Cubs are going to only add this offseason. The Cardinals are going to be in an arms race with the Cubs. Uh, the Pirates haven't drafted well, as Matt Geica has pointed out on DKPittsburghSports.com. And they are loath to add anything more than a piece every offseason. So if there's an opportunity to get it now, go for it now. Well, get in the playoffs okay. and then start rolling those uh, okay. dice. Okay, but you say when are they going to be in a position to do this again? If they wanted to operate like a real Major League franchise next year. Well, right. If they, so much of it can come back next year. Well, that's why this. That's why I don't want to see them subtract from this major league roster. Like Quintana would have been the perfect addition because oh, I don't he think they're going to subtract year. now. I don't think they're going to. Well, subtract. freeze would be a subtraction, not no, a huge no, no, one. No, no, no. That's, that's what I'm saying, though. No, no, he wouldn't be if you're getting. It's not a, subst- a, a subtraction if you're upgrading your rotation. Well, here's where I it's disagree a with that. Move. Here's why I disagree with that. A number four starter for a guy who's going to split time at third base and first base. The bench still needs help too, though. And I look, I look at them as maybe a bat or two in the bench short as it is. So you lose that guy. You get a fourth starter. I, I agree with you that the value's more in the starter for sure. But then you've created, you've made one of your other weaknesses more of a weakness instead of trading from a position of strength. I guess. I mean, it, it, with, what would you say is the biggest reason why they've won 11 of 13? It's 11 of 13 now, right? 11 of 13? Bullpen's and, getting better. and boom, got, stop. Right there. That's okay. the answer. The bullpen has stopped blowing close games because their pitchers don't pitch all that deep all that often, no. even when they pitch well. And their lineup is inconsistent at best. So the bullpen has to be leaned on, and the bullpen has been very good. I mean, even Watson, who oftentimes has had to pull off Houdini acts to not make his season worse, has suddenly seen his ERA drop a run right. in a month. So. I would suggest to you that getting another reliable arm out of the bullpen, a, you know, I know he had troubles here and there early, but then he rounded into form nicely as the season went along, getting a Soria type, you know, getting somebody like that, you know, kind of like what Robertson was for the Yankees when they reacquired him, somebody who's not going to be Rivero, somebody who might not even be Nicasio, but somebody who can float between a, a guy that gets you out of the sixth against two right-handed batters or, you know, two left-handed batters, whatever, you know, a specialty guy that guy is going to be used more often and in more high-leverage situations than what David Freeze would be. Or John Jay still. Okay, I-, I can buy that argument. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Especially because if you acquire a starter, then you can fix two holes, I think, with one player. Because Why, maybe, by putting Cool maybe put, in the bullpen? Yeah, exactly. And I, I like Cool stuff if he's going full bore the first time through the order. We saw it the other night against Milwaukee. It was great. And then he kind of starts pitching like a guy. He start he turns into Tom Gorzolani, and all of a sudden you're thinking, ugh, not so good. Bobblehead, by the way. Tommy did. You remember that the, Tom Gorzolani will what, forever what, what, best what, be known for his bobblehead. Who was wasn't there one with Duffy, Domit, and another Dimwit? There's three Dude, of them. It was the three D's. The three D's. Yeah, but Gorzolani was infamous because he had his middle finger extended. 
That's right. Through his glove. Remember, like I do remember that. I have I have all of those back at my house. (laughs) This is a total aside, but I'm going to bring it up anyhow. Uglier person: Tom Gorzolani or Jeff Carson's? Well, Carson's used to wallow in that description. So I did he really? I I believe he did. Like that was kind of it was kind of a goof or like a. Were there memes back when Jeff Carstens was a pirate? I'm not, I'm not pretending to be nice right now, but that was one ugly Yeah, bleep. but it, that was like a joke that he played along with, so I guess you I'm going to go along with Carstens because I, I don't know if Corzolani would, would accept that <laughs> characterization. Tim Benz from DK Sports Radio joining me here on the Crowley Show. Two more things I want to get to quickly here, Tim. Uh, first thing is OJ. I heard your monologue driving in. OJ means nothing to me. I, I watched the 30 How for 30. I'm 26. I watched the 30 for 30. Okay, you're right in the wheelhouse of exactly what, so you know what I was talking about today then. Yeah. Like, I get it. I just, I watched it for a little bit today, and then I thought to myself, what does Charles why am Manson I mean? It? Do you even know who Charles Manson is? Yeah, he's a, he's a guitarist, right? You're thinking of Marilyn Manson. Yeah, I know. He's I'm a kidding. singer. I know. I'm kidding. At least one from the 90s that's still alive after today because we're down another one. Did you hear about that? I did. Chester Bennington. Lincoln Park's. Now, Lincoln Park's a band that I grew up on. Oh, so Lincoln Park you'll identify with, but not OJ. <laughs> well, Lincoln Park, though, I, I was listening to Lincoln Park as I grew up. I OJ was, what What year was that, 1990? No, 94 is when the murders happened. Oh, hell. Whoops. Well, I was four, so. And then the trial went on for about 18 months or something like that. So, so I was six and a half. But yeah, so my point was that what happened people, in that trial? People of your generation look at OJ the same way somebody of my generation looks at Charles Manson, which was, you know, we know he was a notorious bad guy who did some awful things and probably deserves to be behind bars for the rest of his life. But I, I have no concept of how America dealt with those right. murders while they were going on in the news of them. I, I don't. Aside from what I've seen in movies. Is that why so many people seem to be glued to their TV today? Like they yes. wanted to relive that again? You wanted to see... Anytime somebody can see O.J. Simpson get his in any way, shape, or form, it makes up for it a little bit. Especially when he, he acted the way that he acted today. Like, once the cameras were on him and he knew he was back in front of cameras again, he started the acting routine, the... Overly expressive facial. Do you see reactions. when he wiped his face, yeah. faking wiping like, like tears? He was literally no listening tears. to every sort of legal minutia that was being spouted by the people up front. Now, okay, he laughed when he was called ninety. That was kind of funny when the lady slipped up on the panel. But you know, when he he said out loud for human ears to hear, "I've lived a mm-hmm. conflict-free life." Yeah, so did Matt Cook. Oh, I lived a conflict-free life. Okay, whatever you say. I would have fallen asleep if I were him when his daughter was talking. My God. Yeah, that was painful. That was Any me. rehearsal going into that at all? Oh, that was awful. Maybe I mean, like, read it in front of a panel first? I, I understand what the lady said at Holy. the outset, which was this might be a little bit longer. We might go through uh, some more process because we have so many eyes on us. Basically admitting we could go through 50 of these in one day, but for you it's going to take 10 hours. It was drudgery. Yeah, it went a lot faster in Shawshank Redemption. Yes, it did. Yeah. Right. It just, hello, how are you? Stamp. Done. Very good. Tim, thanks for the time, as always. Oh, are we done already? Yeah, we're done. Okay. I got a PPM meter to pay attention to here, and I already killed it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that little trip down memory lane to the 90s went so deep, so I apologize if there's more pertinent issues you wanted to get to. No, the only thing I was going to ask is there's this new series out in HBO, presumably. Uh, soon it'll at least be out, and it's called Confederate. And it's going to be today's time period. But if the Confederacy had won the war, there's still going to be slavery in 2017. That's the basis of this show. 
I don't want to get into that, but it's revisionist history. It's changing everything around. If you could change one sports moment, what would it be? Well, first of all, have you ever been to Washington County? Because I'm not sure that hasn't actually happened. Well, that's one of the reasons why I don't think it's a good idea. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a reason why the election went the way that it did. Yes! <laughs> I didn't have to say it, but it still got said. Um, wait, so what was the what was the actual question? Doesn't matter. We no, move wait, wait, on. The greatest sports moment. That's this one thing I'd like to change. Yeah, like I'd change thirteen to nine. Oh, oh, the one thing that I would change would be uh, when Sid slid. Yeah, I would. I would have liked to see what would have happened if that team actually got out of the National League and could have played in a World Series. Because I'm not going to see to go the generation <laughs> gap thing. I never, I barely remember 1979. I barely remember that that we are a family team that beat the Orioles. I would like to see the Pirates in a World Series in my lifetime, and I probably won't. So nope, that's the happen. one thing that I would change. Tim Benz, DK Sports Radio. Thanks very much. Up next, I don't know. I've got enough time to fart because I blew the clock out this hour. It's the Crowley Show. Pittsburgh weather. I was so confident. In the Pittsburgh Pirates not reaching 500 again this year, that I told my buddy that I would give up the deed to my house if the Pirates did reach 500 this year. My friend Zach Fabi now joins me to tell the tale of that story. Was I like six or seven beers deep when this happened, Zach? Because I, uh, <clears throat> I have no, I have no <laughs> recollection of this happening. Nah, man, you were zero beers deep. Damn it. Yeah, we had a, uh, we had just gotten to our friend Mike's house. We were gonna watch. I think it was it was like mid-May. We were going to watch a Pens game, and I said to put the Pirates game on while we were waiting for it to start. And you looked me dead in the eye, and you said, if the Pirates make it back <laughs> to 500 this year, I will give you the deed to my house. You, sure enough. You wouldn't happen to uh, know a good divorce lawyer, would you? Because I think I think Leanne, I think Leanna is going to be a little upset uh, if this all goes down. Will you, will you at least let us stay in my place? Oh, yeah, yeah, just for, you know. A slightly higher than mortgage rent there. Okay, so it'll make business sense for you. I'll be losing money, and I'll have to forever realize that I was wrong. And you weren't even right. Usually we have a lot. Of, we, usually we have arguments where it's where I mean, you and I go back and forth. Where it's, dude, you're an idiot. No, you're an idiot. Uh, we kind of clash from time to time. I didn't even give you an opportunity to be wrong. I, I was just blatantly wrong. That's frustrating. Yeah. It wasn't even a bet. It was just a straight up. If they make it to 500, I will give you the deed to my house. And then the smart guy that I am, I bring you on the radio, agree with everything that you just said. Now there's record for everyone if we do eventually go to court at some point. Uh, one thing here <laughs> for you, Zach, since I've got you, what's one moment in sports history that you would change? If you could pick any. For me, it's 13-9. and nine. Yeah, I, I figured it would be for you. But uh, I think for me, it comes down to... Not the actual game when Sid slid, but Barry Bonds leaving after that year ending. I think if he stays, we don't have to deal with that streak. We don't grow up under that cloud of, you know, 21 straight losing seasons. That's a really good one because I've focused a lot on games themselves and outcomes of games. But if you've got that dude hitting 750-whatever home runs, 761, whatever it was, whatever it is, I don't remember. Things might be different. Things are different. In fact, they're very different. That's a good one. Damn it. Thank you, thank you. You've bested me twice. <laughs> thank you, Zach. What can I say? Absolutely. Go to help. 412-922-2874, the number to call. That's 412-922-2874. 
See, that was just dumb on my part. That was me at the moment feeling superior. Because Zach's probably the biggest Pirates fan I've ever met. One of the biggest Pirates fans that has to be out there. And the Penguins were in the throngs of a playoff chase. And I turn to him and I say, Bro, they ain't going to reach 500 again this year. I'll bet my house on it. Arrogance by me. Straight up arrogance. Up next, we touch on O.J. Simpson. Not physically, but we discuss O.J. Simpson with Rob Rossi. Also, what will the Pirates do at the deadline? What should the Pirates do at the deadline? He's from Upgroove. He's the best-dressed guy in town. It's Rob Rossi next, Crowley Show. Have gone. We have found Mr. Rob Rossi from Upgroove.com. We couldn't find him before, but that's because O.J. Simpson is going to be released, and Rob was having a celebration party. Is that not right, Rob? Well, you know, celebration, getaway, however you want to call it, I'm, I'm pleased to go with a uh, correct narrative. I want to ask you a little bit about O.J. Simpson and this oh, situation. I really do. Um, My good friend O.J., you know, we go way back. Yeah, you guys are you guys are bros, uh, you know, all your time in uh, Cali. Uh, is this something that should be relevant to young people? Is this something that should be relevant to anybody now? Because I found myself watching it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Earlier in thinking, this really isn't anything that entertains me. Well, I mean, uh, relevancy and entertainment are, are two different things in this connect, in scenario. You know, should it entertain anybody? I, I've had a hard time being entertained by anything O.J. Simpson-wise, including the the series, uh, the television series that, have, that that came out, simply because, uh, you know, it's very likely that, um, you know, it's it's a, it's in some way being okay with the murder of two innocent people. Uh, I mean, I know he was... Uh, not proven guilty by a jury of his peers, but I, I'm not sure anybody actually believes he was, was innocent of the crime. And, you know, I think this particular case, it just continues the bizarre um, real-life decline of somebody who was once one of the most popular uh, athletes of our time, Adam. And I think, you know, O.J. Simpson was one of those athletes that maybe – Younger people aren't aware of because of all of the um, legal troubles he's had since that he crossed over into mainstream. And this was a guy who was a a movie star, too. Um, he was a pitch man. He was a very popular figure. He kind of cut across all the paths that you would think of as being commonplace today for guys. But it, that wasn't the case back then. And um, he was a rarity. He was certainly ahead of his time that way. And in a lot of ways, I think, Adam, when you watch the O.J. Simpson saga play out from whether it's today or going forward, he was really the first reality TV sensation. Mm. And and maybe if it's not entertaining, it's certainly historic. Who's the guy that if they did what O.J. was accused of now, 
that you could point to that would have the same kind of effect? The shockingness of it? Yes. Um, boy, I'm not sure, Adam, if there's a guy in sports. I mean, maybe LeBron James uh, is the closest I could think. Uh, no, you know, I take that back. A Peyton Manning to some extent. I mean, if you're talking about shocking value in terms of murder. But um, you got to remember, too, he was universally loved. I mean, he was almost like, and I mean, not to go into the world of professional wrestling, but if you think about the appeal of somebody, sort of like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who, who entertained people, who, had, who was thought of as a guy in a completely different field, who was his own success. And to have something go from that, where you're beloved, to not being trusted, I think that's the thing that I remember. I mean, when it was thought that O.J. Simpson might have killed his wife, in the days afterward, it was thought to be inconceivable that he might have done it because the public perception of him was so different than what anybody knew. And I'm not sure you could hide character flaws like he clearly has today the way he was able to because there was no Internet. There wasn't a 24-7 news cycle. Rob Rossi from Upgroove joining me here on the Crowley Show. Okay, good stuff there on OJ. Wanted to get a little bit I'm of that I'm glad you in. asked. That ended up being entertaining, Adam. Thank you. Yeah, well, a lot of things that come out of your mouth are entertaining <laughs> one way or another, Rob. So let's now have you entertain the people when talking about the Pirates, who uh, are now three games out of the division. I think two games back behind the team that really counts, the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. And I asked this on Twitter. Do you have faith in Neil Huntington adding at the deadline? Because it doesn't matter how they got here. It doesn't matter how pretty it is. It doesn't matter if it's ugly. It doesn't matter. When you're three games out with 69 games to go, whatever it is, you're a legitimate right. contender. Well, I mean, I guess is the question, do you have faith in Neil Huntington or do you have faith in Bob Nutting? Well, I think that might ultimately be it, right? Because I, I'm sure Neil Huntington right now is thinking I would like to add. So he's an extension of Bob Nutting. So will yeah. will Bob Nutting allow him to do what we all want him to do, which is go for a division that you might not have a chance of winning the next five years because of the Cubs? Well, I mean, I think that's why you do go for it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll say this. For all the heat that Bob Nutting gets, I will say, Adam, I do believe that he's a competitor. I believe that when he's in the thick of these moments, I don't believe he's willing to risk what he views as his franchise's, you know, future for a one-shot deal, but I, I do think he he would like to see them get back into the playoffs. Uh, I just think, you know, that's one way he can silence a lot of critics, right? Um, and if you're Neil Huntington, you're pushing him to do that because this kind of confirms what Neil Huntington said is, you know, if I get my team together, we might be pretty good. Um, you know, I think you got to go for it from the standpoint of you're probably – even if you keep Andrew McCutcheon and Garrett Cole, how many cracks are you taking with those guys? How many chances are you going to have to really get in and do some damage? The way this staff is throwing the baseball to the catcher right now, you know, they have a chance to, if they can get into a series, if they can get past the wild card game, they could be competitive. And um, you start to look at their lineup and is it perfect? No, but you you know, you got some guys that have been there and done that, and I know you wouldn't have Marte necessarily for a postseason, but still, I mean, to me, this is not that different than where the Penguins were a couple of years ago after they had had a bad season under Jim Rutherford the first year, and then, 
you know, they started playing better and, you know, they started turning things around I'm talking about Mike Sullivan's first season and they, they did try to improve themselves. And I, I think if you're the Pirates, you owe it to the guys in that room to do it, if nothing else, because at this point, you know, as you said, 69 games left, Adam, they got themselves to 500 and considering where they were, that's, that's a, that's a testament to their unwillingness to give up on the season. Don't you have to reward them? I think you do, and we've got about two minutes here left, Rob, but I got someone yelling back in my face on the Twitter.com whenever I said they owe it to the guys in the room, they owe it to the fan base. The person said, well, they're adults. Uh, they need to understand the business side of things. Screw that. you got to go for it. You, you just absolutely have to. I think this is the opportunity for the Pirates to really lose their fan base, finally, because they lost 21%. TV ratings two years ago, 27% decline this year. If they don't go for it now, I think they risk really cutting off a group of fans for a long time. Yeah, but Adam, I think Pirate fan base is a lot like the Trump fan base in that there's a there's a low watermark, but it's not going to ever sink below that low watermark. So and as long as they budget to that low watermark, anything else is, is, is literally uh, oxygen to them, right? So unless they're going to lose that group that was going when things were really dire, as opposed to what we perceived as dire last year, then I think they're okay. I'll say this though. It's important if you're an organization like the pirates to go for it a year like this, when I say go for it, I mean, just make your team better, not sell off, right? Be a buyer, not a seller. I'm not saying mortgage the future to get one guy to make maybe a, a one game run, but try to get into the playoffs because you always need the advantages when you're trying to, build a team on a budget like the Pirates are. And players, before they sign in Pittsburgh, even if they're trading to Pittsburgh and like it, they're going to want to know that ownership's committed to winning when it has a chance. And that's who you're trying to prove things to. You're not trying to prove things to the guys in that room as much as the guys that might be in that room in the future. Mm. And I think they have to take that into consideration. Rob, always appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for making time for us today. Appreciate it, man. Take care, bud. There he goes, Rob Rossi of Upgroove.com. No Pirates game tonight. We have no lineup to go over tonight. So we'll re-hit all the topics of the day. And as we do in the final segment of the show now, we will grade the show. Next. This is just humiliating. We'll grade the show. To round out the show, coming up in a few minutes, here's the poll of the day. The Bucks are three games out, two behind the Cubs. That makes them contenders. Do you have faith that Neil Huntington will be a buyer? 21% say yes. 79% say no. I think that 79% of the people say no right now because they look at what the Pirates have done over the last couple of years more as moving laterally than doing anything that was going to significantly help the ball club get over the top. You consider last year, they gave up a pitcher in their starting rotation and added a pitcher in their starting rotation. Yes, a better pitcher, so it did help them. They also added a reliever, one who has wound up being a better reliever, but the reliever they gave up was their closer at the time. So at that time, it was viewed as a lateral move. Even when the Pirates made moves going all the way back to their wild card season where they defeated the Reds, they got Bird, and they got Morneau, but both were after the waiver deadline. Both players did help the team. You can't argue that, but it wasn't sexy. It wasn't a splash. 
the Pirates didn't have to give anything up in terms of cash or in terms of using prospects themselves as currency. None of that went down. So Pirates fans are understandably jaded right now. And I agree with them. I think it's much more likely that we see the Pirates make what Tim Benz called earlier on in the hour a baseball move than going out and acquiring someone while not giving up part of the Major League roster. While I agree with Tim's assertion earlier on that trading David Freeze for a number four starter would be a good move because the number four starter is more valuable, I'd like to see the Pirates find a way to add to this team to make themselves a competitive bunch for the remainder of this season and next year, give up prospects, and keep this roster itself together. I think the Pirates are in a position of weakness when it comes to their bench. So I don't want to see them trade from a position of weakness. You want to see your team trade from a position of strength. I don't love the Pirates' prospect pool right now, but somebody will, like somebody in the Pirates' minor league system. Some other team out there's got to have a high grade on a number of the Pirates' prospects, and if that's the case, you find a partner, it takes two to tango, and you make it happen. I want to see the Pirates go for it, and I want to see the Pirates go for it legitimately and in a sexy fashion. And I know that that's not the most prudent thing to do, but I want to see them get a guy who can help this year and next year. A guy that makes giving up prospects and dollars worth it. That's why a guy like Jose Quintana was perfect. Prior to the season, we talked about it a bunch. If you could give up a Meadows and a Glass now for a guy like Quintana, I would have done it back then, and it would have looked even better now. At some point, the future is now. And for this team, they're 48 and 48. You want to talk about sexy, they're not. They're decidedly average, but as is the division. And maybe the Cubs will start to pry themselves out of mediocrity. Perhaps the Cubs will start to show themselves as the world champion team that's head and shoulders above the rest of the National League Central. But at this point, they haven't. And at this point, they're two games up on the Bucks. And I look at the Pirates roster and I see flaws, but I see fixable flaws. I like the Pirates bullpen. I like them coming into the season and I like what they've turned into because I think that they've turned into what I thought that they could be when the season started. I like their lineup because it's starting to turn into the lineup I thought it would be when the season started. Now, granted, they don't have Zhang Ho Gung, but outside of that, everyone else is performing the way that you would want them to at this point. It's taken some time. Gregory Polanco was junk for a large majority of this season. Now, He's hitting laser beam bombs to right field. Starling Marte is now back. Francisco Cervelli was 7 for 11 in this series against the Milwaukee Brewers, the biggest series of the year. These guys have all let the team down this year in one way or another, whether it's underperformance or not being on the field because, hey, I shot Nandrolion up my butt. But now we look at this Pirates roster And it's kind of what we thought it would be. And they ain't fighting for a wild card. They're fighting for a division. And there's a huge difference there. Tim argued earlier, and I've had people tweet me, who cares if they get in because they're going to play either the Dodgers or the Nationals and they're going to get their doors blown off. And 
yeah, are those teams better than the Pirates? No question about it. The Dodgers have won 30 out of 34 games. That's insanity. 30 of 34. My God. But when you get into the playoffs, it's such a crapshoot. At some point, the Dodgers are going to lose five or six games. At some point, the Nationals are going to lose four or five. It's the way it goes. It's baseball. Sometimes your best hitters, they go into a slump. Sometimes your best pitcher doesn't have it. And when you have 30 starts for Clayton Kershaw, he's going to put up historical numbers. But his curveball might not be working on a given day. His fastball command might not be there five starts later. But in the playoffs, if your curveball's missing or you don't have that fastball command for one day, you're battling with your not best stuff, and the game means so much more than just one out of 162. In fact, it's one of four losses that you could potentially give up. In fact, it's one of three if you're talking about the divisional round. So finding a way to get into the playoffs this year and getting a series is huge. When's the next chance the Pirates are going to have to win this division? I know we didn't think the Cubs were going to take a step back this year, so any jabroni can call up right now and say, well, the Cubs could be bad next year, too. You didn't think they were going to be bad this year. Okay, fine, but conventional wisdom tells you that roster is damn good. They got a lot of money, and their farm system's good. Conventional wisdom tells you they're not going to have very many down years. You pounce on their down year, you fight for a division, you get yourself a series, and you put your name in the damn hat. The Pirates have a chance to put their name in the hat this year. They haven't had their chance to put their name in a hat the last couple. Well, certainly last year. Two years ago that they did. They won 98 games. The Cardinals won 100. Last year, do you want to sell the farm for a wild card game? Eh. It's a little bit different to me. I've been in a Twitter argument during the course of the show. I've been getting to this guy during the breaks. His name is Will. He said there's one thing about putting a lineup together to make the playoffs. Then there's building a lineup to contend for a playoff run. I don't even know what that means. That's so stupid, it makes my head hurt. You put a lineup together to win baseball games. If you put a lineup together that you think gives you the best chance to win a baseball game, then that gives you the best chance to win another baseball game and hopefully 90-some-odd baseball games, which gets you into the playoffs where you presumably still want to win baseball games. What the hell? Dana tweets, at underscore Adam Crowley, you do a great job, but maybe turn down the politics a little. I think people from both sides use sports to forget politics. A lot of people have that mindset. I don't talk politics on this show. You heard a political statement earlier on in the program that was not me. It was one of my guests. And yeah, I put the guest on the air, but I don't operate them as if they're a marionette. I do not operate them as if I have my hand up their butt and they are my ventriloquist dummy. So whatever they say, you can't put on me. She also tweeted, you do have a bright future in the business and go Mountaineers. Here's the thing that people don't get. I'm going to talk about race issues because they oftentimes find their way into sports. I'm going to talk about the Colin Kaepernick situation. I'm going to talk about domestic violence because it finds its way into sports. I'm going to talk about a lot of things that are going to make you uncomfortable. 
In fact, I gave the suicide prevention hotline number earlier on in the show. There are things I'm going to say that will make you uncomfortable. But so often when people are made uncomfortable about something that is on the fringes of sports, they just lump that all in to the folder of politics. I don't talk about politics. Maybe sometimes I do on my social media account, but I never come here on the air and discuss my personal philosophies in terms of politics. It just doesn't happen. I might make you uncomfortable. In fact, I hope I do sometimes, and hopefully we can make you think. But every time you're uncomfortable, don't lump it in as me talking about politics. It's time to grade the show. I think we bounced back with a big one today, Joe. I think today's an A. Joe doesn't think it's an A. B plus. What do we got to do to get an A? Go back to the glory days of interviewing yet not interviewing Roger Goodell. More bits. We need Siri back. That broad's been on vacation for a long time. You allowed to say broad? I think so. She's ghosting us. That's what she's doing. She is. That is a old school term. That's like something your dad from New Jersey says. That's very McCarthyist of you. Oh, political, sorry. Oh, don't you do that. There's a scene in one of my favorite shows, The Newsroom, which is highly political, where they're trying to get off a plane. So they read all these things that you can say to get off a plane. Like, you're not supposed to scream fire in a movie theater, things like that. One of the things that it said on their Google search was, scream loud political opinions. And they'll kick you out. So the main character goes, Boy, that Genghis Khan had some really good ideas. I don't talk politics. Sometimes my guests will. I'm not afraid of dipping my toes in the water, but really, you're being being rude by just assuming that me saying something that makes you uncomfortable is politics. We ain't doing it. This is what gets me, though. Here's what's going to happen. Someone's going to complain to my boss that I was talking politics. They're not going to listen to the show. They're just going to email me and be like, hey, let's have lunch tomorrow. And then they're going to flip out on me because I talked about politics, even though I did not. Actually, my boss did ask me to meet him tomorrow at noon for lunch. I might not be here tomorrow. God is great. Beer is good. People are crazy. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.